I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here as always with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, who always tells us about the latest scams so we can watch out for them. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Patty. So I got a call on my fraud hotline from a woman who got scammed out of $30,000. And I wanted to share what she told me. Well, that is a lot of money to get scammed out of. Oh, I feel really bad about that. How old was this lady? Well, she was 89 and very sharp, but she was going through a quite difficult time. She was dealing with a daughter who was hospitalized with a brain injury. She was just particularly exhausted and vulnerable when she opened her computer, and she was greeted by this loud noise, which I have heard too once in a while when I've opened my computer. A message came up to call Microsoft, and of course, there was a number to call. Yeah, and over and over, we've heard that when it comes up on your computer, usually there's something wrong with your computer and there's a number to call. It seems like it's always a scam. That's right. And it was this time, too. She was told by the supposed Microsoft representatives that somehow hackers had her social security number and they were taking money out of her account and sending it to porn sites. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sure that was so disturbing. It would be disturbing for anybody, but at 89 years old, I'm sure that she was particularly upset. That's right. And so right away, they had her in this state of fear and confusion. And of course, this kind Microsoft rep had just the solution for her. Oh, I like your sarcasm, Vicki. You're this kind rep. And (laughs) did the solution involve taking money out of her account? Actually, it did. She was told to take $15,000 out of her credit union account and $15,000 from her bank account. And she was instructed to take this out in cash and get this, give it to an individual that would come to her door so that that money wouldn't go to porn sites. Now, Microsoft said that they were going to keep the money safe and then return it to her. Now, Vicki, that's really scary when somebody is scheduled to come to your door to pick up money like that. I want to ask you what happened, but I'm a little confused with this story. Did she think that the people that were coming to her door were legitimate Microsoft people? She did. She thought she was dealing with Microsoft this whole time. They were going to hold her money until this whole mess got straightened out and then return it to her. Okay, thank you. So she brought the money home in cash. And soon after that, a man did come to her door. She actually was waiting for him and met him on the sidewalk, and she gave him the cash. Now, no words were spoken, and the man wore a mask, one of our COVID masks, so she really couldn't see much of his face. Well, I mean, I hope that they're able to identify the person who picked up the money. Although, when you think about it, you've talked so often about money mules, it might have been a money mule and not the main crook. That's right. And there was a little safeguard in place even before this, because when she took the money out of her credit union account and her bank account, the teller at the bank did say, now there are a lot of scams going on. But she said that this information just seemed to float over her head. That's how she described it. And that was what was most interesting about this case to me. She said she felt like she had been hypnotized and was following orders. 
Now, she told me this several times, this feeling of being hypnotized and doing things that she would normally never do. And she said she felt like something was off, but she couldn't stop herself from doing what the scammer told her. Yeah, you know, so often, Vicki, you've talked about being under the ether, kind of like being under a spell. So I don't know what causes that, whether it's the shock of the situation. I don't know. Do you have any insight on that? Well, these scammers are very, very sophisticated and very well trained. And they know how to do this. They know how to sort of take over somebody's free will so that they are not thinking with their rational mind. They're thinking with their emotions. And she was already going through a rough time and not thinking clearly. She was exhausted. She was in a highly vulnerable place. When she thought about the event soon after the fact, she couldn't believe she'd acted like this. She said it was very unlike her. And I believe her because she sounded quite smart and rational on the phone later. She noted that the person picking up the cash did not park his car in front of her house, but parked it down the street away. And she said that had she been thinking clearly at the time, she would have asked him why he did this. She would have been suspicious. Yeah, that makes sense, Vicki. And do you think that he parked down the street so she wouldn't see his license plate? That would be a way to identify the car, at least. That's right. It was very suspicious. As it turned out, her neighbors did have cameras hidden all around their house, and they actually captured a picture of the scammer in the car changing his clothes. Our victim called the police and reported the incident, and they looked at the footage from the cameras. The police did, and later they came back and showed her a photo lineup to see if she recognized anyone. She didn't because the man was wearing a mask and she focused on what he was wearing, not his facial features. But apparently the police said that they did have a suspect. Oh, I'm really glad to hear that. And hopefully they can identify the person who picked up the money. Although, as we mentioned, it might have been a money mule and not the main guy. Yeah, that's probably the case. And I hope they can pick that person up too. And Patty, interestingly enough, I just got a phone call yesterday from a very good friend of mine who almost fell for a similar scam, but caught herself just in time. What happened to your friend, Vicki? Well, she got a message supposedly coming from Bank of America, which was her bank, telling that somebody had written a check on her account for $400 and that they were a little bit suspicious. And if this was fraudulent, she should call the number that was included in the text. Yeah, we've been hearing so much about is so hard to resist because everybody wants to stop the fraudulent charge. So did she make the call? Yes, she did. And of course, this just sent her right down a rabbit hole. This very helpful rep from the bank said all she had to do was give them access to her computer and her bank record so they could redeposit the money. Now, that is such a typical statement made by a scammer. But of course, when she did that, they deposited too much money by adding a couple of extra zeros. And then they told her, well, we gave you too much money by accident. You have to return the difference to us. Yeah, that's always a sign of a scam, too, when you get overpaid, but they want you to pay back some of the money. And they are so good at convincing you that either they're going to lose their job or something terrible is going to happen. And being an honest person, you want to do the right thing and return the money. And I guess that's what they wanted her to do. Did she do it? 
No. Fortunately, at that point, she realized she was being scammed and refused to comply with that request. And then the scammer just turned on her. He got very angry, was yelling at her, was verbally abusive. And then he made it look like he had drained all of the money out of her account. Oh, my goodness. What did she do then? Well, she was just terrified. So she jumped in her car, raced down to the bank, and they were able to assure her that the money was still in the account. And of course, they put a stop to any transactions that might come through on that account and put safeguards in place, like changing her PIN number and password and all of that. Wow. So the scammer was just torturing her, just messing with her to make it look like she'd lost all her money. Obviously, if they could have done that, they would have, but it doesn't seem they had access. And it was a terrifying experience for her, Patty. But the interesting thing to me was that she described feeling like our 89-year-old victim, that she had somehow fallen under the spell of the scammers and was just doing what they were telling her, even though she started to get kind of an uneasy feeling. Now, I know this person, she's very cautious normally, so it was completely foreign to her nature to do the things that they were telling her to do. They had her under the ether. That is so fascinating, Vicki. Sometime we'll have to have a psychologist on who maybe can tell us what's going on. Are these people in shock? Why they have that reaction? Yeah. It's really very interesting, and it just shows what good psychology these scammers are, and they are very well-trained. They absolutely are. It's a big business, multi-billion dollar business, Patty. I know. I did want to share a warning that I got recently from the FBI that I thought was important to share with our listeners. This is about a scam that apparently is increasing, and that is the cryptocurrency recovery scam. This is where somebody has lost money in a cryptocurrency scam and suddenly they get a message or they see an ad on social media about a company that can recover this money for you, but of course for a fee. So the FBI is warning everybody that these are scams. These are scams. If somebody tells you they can recover that money, it is a scam. And the victims who fall for these scams are losing their money twice, one to the original scam and to the recovery scam. Oh, yeah. Nobody needs to lose their money twice. That's terrible. Yeah. Thank you for that warning. So I guess no good news today, Vicki? Well, actually, I do have a piece of good news. Yeah. Good. This caught my eye also because we've talked a bit about scammers robbing postal carriers and making our postal carriers feel very vulnerable because they're trying to get mail, but they're also trying to get the carrier's arrow key, which will open the post office blue bins and also locked mailboxes. So apparently law enforcement officials are starting to really crack down on these crimes because they're becoming so frequent. And they have made more than 600 arrests since May. And mail theft can be punished with up to five years in prison for stealing the mail and for assaulting a poster worker. You can get a prison sentence of up to 10 years. Wow. So serious offense. Thankfully, law enforcement is taking some action to protect our postal workers. Yeah, I'm so glad. I hate the thought that we can never send anything in the mail anymore. That's a tradition that I'm not ready to give up, but I know it's safer to not mail anything anymore. 
Well, I'm one that mails things also, Patty, so mm -hmm. I'm old school. <laughs> right, right. Well, thank you, Vicki, for the good news and all the warnings. I really appreciate it. Would you give your fraud hotline in case somebody is interested in being on the show to share their story or just to talk to you to get some advice? Absolutely. So it's area code 805-568-2442. And again, 805-568-2442. Thank you, Vicki. I look forward to hearing what you're going to warn us about next week. Thank you, Patty. Bye.